If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. This is The Change Physician, episode 242. Welcome back to The Change Physician. I'm Melissa Katie, the Challenge Doctor, with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Kakaro, bringing you forth an episode on nothing other than making friends. So, uh, <laughs> my friend, how are you? <laughs> I'm well. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. Well, you brought up this article um, yesterday, and I was I took a look at it, and I I thought it was really relevant, especially when it talks about making friends as an adult versus like let me just state for the audience, like most of us have been structured around having some kind of like frequency at school when we're a child and being exposed and having to introduce ourselves. And it's kind of like forced on us in a way to like create these opportunities. But I thought this article really kind of extracted some of those elements that probably helped create those relationships in the first place. But, you know, life happens, you get married or you have children and and there's a problem a lot of times where you just, the relationships you may have had kind of went by the wayside or you haven't really kept them up. And then whether they pass away or they're far away or you just have moved on different parts of your life, what do you do when you want to like make new friends? So, um, and we get busy with work. <laughs> so I think any physician listening um, could find um, some benefit to this article. Um, but before I go into maybe some of these points, do you want to make any comments? Yeah, I, I let's kind of expand the problem a little bit because I, yeah. I do think this is a this is this is something that happens to everybody. Otherwise, I mean, it, it's interesting to me because mm-hmm. um, being my age and you have, I mean, literally, when you look at these articles and they talk about, well, you've gone to school and then you leave and then you get married and and then young kids and kids growing up and the, how that affects your your friendships. I was like, whoa, I know that is totally me because I, because, you know, if anybody's been watching the podcast for a while, for the last, I don't know how long this has been like my, my, I, I'm preparing for the next transition. And, and, and one of the p- pieces of the next transition, when I'm referring to that is kind of the idea of going to financial independence to like really being able to do whatever it is that you want, whenever you want. Right. And then you start looking at a living a good life. One of the best indicators of health after the age of 70 is the number of your close connections. And that gave me kind of a pause because I have close connections. I have friends that I've had for since I was a little teeny kid, Mm -hmm. but I don't have a lot of new friends. And since I no longer live in the geographic area of where I grew up, that is, it has definitely been something that I've been looking into significantly more. And this is like this issue. Well, how in the world, where, how do you make friends? Like we, who, who, you don't ever learn this anywhere. It's not like you go to school and in kindergarten, they say, well, the best way to make friends is no, they say, you know, be nice. Don't, you know, don't snort your, your milk out of a straw and don't, you know, bite your, <laughs> bite your table mate or whatever. Um, so it, it, it's, it's really fascinating that there's a formula. And when we were looking at the articles that, that I kind of sent over to you yesterday, um, it says how to make friends as an adult, but really this is, this is how to make friends 
period. I mean, the title is really good because it's specific. The problem was definitely more when you're an adult, but I was going to, I actually haven't yet, but I'm going to, I already told them I'm going to do it, but I'm going to send it to my kids who are going off to college because if you start developing the skill set, then yeah. this is a, you can grow this throughout your life and it's going to pay dividends throughout the whole journey that you have. So I liked it and I'm glad that you liked it. And I hope yeah. that everybody else there is going to, is interested in this. And certainly if you have any comments on difficulties you've had or your experiences as an adult meeting or, or maybe feeling more isolated because your friends have dropped off somewhere, um, let us know. You can email me directly at drkevin at thechangephysician.com or just post them in the, in the comments below the video, or um, I don't think you can do that in the podcast. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. But <laughs> anyway, let's, let's dive in. Let's dive yeah, in. Yeah. And let me just say, like you said, it applies to the funny thing about universal truths or um, these kind of topics is that you could niche it down to any, you know, niche, like how to make friends as an adult physician or how to make friends as a physician. I mean, how to make friends as a kid, like you, you can, oh, that's, that's the difference between marketing and and truth, right? Yes. Because is like you said, usually there's, there's these core universal principles, mm-hmm. but if you just said how to make friends, people are like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't speak to them. It doesn't speak to them, but if you, but, but I loved how you niche it down to how to make friends as an adult physician or how to, you can almost say how to make friends as an attending physician. Maybe we should have titled this audio, titled this on this because you know, that's our, our, our audience. Well, and, we can, we, still we, can. we should. So <laughs> this is well, how to make friends as a physician. Yeah. when you're in attending <laughs> <That's right. laughs> how to make friends when you come out of residency <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that'll be episode number two and we'll just kind of repost the same yeah. stuff yeah you can you know it's like you know we not to bring in pain but like you could say how to deal with pain when you have low back pain or how to deal with low back pain how to deal with neck like there's some universal like principles here so yep. anyway well let me first uh just mention that i'm referencing and i know that uh we'll probably interject some other pieces of information uh from kevin maybe from other articles or just thoughts but marissa or marisa i don't know how she pronounced it but Franco is a psychologist and author, a new book called Platonic on how to make friends as an adult. Um, This is an article we'll put in the notes, and it specifically says how to make friends as an adult as the title of this article. Um, But there are four things, and I'll just kind of brush over the main four, um, and then we can go dive deep. Okay, so First of all, something that I think a lot of us, uh, there's some research on this, is that you need to assume people will like you and or that they like you because uh, there is this sense of concern about rejection or they're not going to like you and whatever it is that goes on between the ears and our heads that makes us hesitate. um, That's the first thing that needs to be done. The second thing is actually initiating a contact uh, contact with somebody at an event, um, whatever it is, whether it's initiating going to an event or initiating contact at the event. Um, and then the other thing is to keep showing up. Um, that is, you know, you think about when we're children, we'll go into this, but you're kind of forced to go to class every day, go to school every day. So you're having to force these interactions. Um, and there's something we'll talk about that there's an effect called the mere exposure effect. Um, And that you tend to like things more, the more you're around them, Uh, they're more familiar and we can dive into that. But number four is to get vulnerable or be vulnerable, not necessarily sharing everything that you would share with your like psychiatrist or psychologist or counselor, but 
to express parts of yourself and and basically I think helping people um, relate to you. But those four are assume people like you. Number two, initiate. And three, keep showing up. And four, get vulnerable. And I think what I took away from just these basic topics before we kind of talk a little bit more in detail is that you have to be intentional and not to be passive. I think a lot of our lives, we've kind of assumed that this just happens by chance and whatnot, but we've been in structured lives, especially in schooling, where we find, like you said, you have a lot of friends you've had forever since school. Um, And so I think there's a little flipping the coin here and, and recognizing that we have to be intentional and do these tiny little habits to create this different kind of paradigm in our life. So any comments off the top? Yeah, this particular article is interesting because we're talking about like renaming everything. And there's at least I have like four now that I've pulled up Mm -hmm. that basically the same kind of components switched in different ways with slightly different words. Mm -hmm. But what I liked about this one is the way they labeled this in one, two, three, and four. And and the, the uniqueness of that is number one, where the assumption that people like you is not included in a lot of other ones, but it sort of sets the foundation for the entire process because this goes back to like a lot of the discussions that we have on mindset and beliefs. Mm-hmm. So if you believe you are unlikable, you're going to tend to interact with people in unlikable manners, right? Because you're going to protect yourself from the from the rejection that you're already assuming is going to occur. You're going to be withdrawn. You're going to be much more standoffish. And lo and behold, it's going to be harder for people to interact with you. And then they probably aren't going to react with you in a very positive way or maintain it. So yeah. that, that assumption, this like that idea of going into an encounter and then assuming that you are someone that they're going to want to meet. And sometimes that can be incredibly difficult. And particularly if you have issues with depression and things like that is even harder. Mm-hmm. So, um, but setting that stage and being, like you said, intentional about it and going in and saying, you know, I guess you could say the affirmations. I'm nice enough. I'm good enough. And gosh, darn it. People are going to like me. Or you know, if you remember that old Saturday Night Live bit. Um, and and I mean, I this is this is such a way that you could literally, this would be an opportunity for faking it till you make it. So even if you feel uncomfortable and you feel shy and you feel like people aren't, walk in there mm-hmm. pretending that everybody's going to like you. This kind of go, one of my favorite little pieces of advice, and this came from one of my oldest, 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 oldest friends, like I have no conscious memories of him or of not knowing him. We're like putting the crib together. And his grandfather told him when he was yet little was something like, you know, if you ever feel uncomfortable and you're in a new situation, walk in like, you know, like you own the place. Right. And it's that sense of confidence. So um, that. It isn't necessarily the the key pieces and kind of what what sometimes I'll refer to as the friendship formula, but it it sets that foundation and baseline of going in with the intent that people are going to like you. So right. I love that piece. I love that piece. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say that this particular I'll put the link for sure because she she had like learn more, like dove deep into that. And that particular concept um, or issue is that as far as what's going on in your head, there are strategies she put there like listen to music or do some exercise to get yourself in a good mood and then uh, right before the event to think about what your strengths are like are you funny deep insightful or quick-witted or like pull something about yourself that you know you are pretty good at or really good at and then keep reminding yourself of that so that you kind of create the sense that okay there might be a reason that people would like me and kind of make yourself believe that and then keep repeating it to yourself and then feeling those effects of that belief on your body, which I found interesting. Priming. 
yeah it's all priming yeah, yeah. And, uh, um really good which is, it, it is in, in prime i mean we can have a whole nother conversation on priming and the, yeah. and the positive effects of priming but yeah absolutely yeah yeah some people but, say power posing and you know yeah smiling at yourself in the mirror and yeah and uh if you've ever been at an event like a Tony Robbins or like uh, Brennan Burchard, they do all of this stuff and they get all of your good like hormones raging through your body. And then you have the social impact of everyone doing it around you at the same time. It, it, you can actually feel that energy in a way that like you can't really describe it. It's very intangible, but it's it's very it's you can you can feel it. And so anyway, from a individual standpoint, um, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, I think it obviously sets you up for (laughs) being, um, sold to easily too. So, Oh no, um, absolutely. If you put people on a positive moon's mindset period, they're more likely to be accepting, which this is, you know, we've talked a little bit about sales and marketing mm-hmm. and the idea of interacting with Indian, any individual, and this may make people get, I hope, I'm not trying to be offensive in anything way, wait, but these are all, all interactions. And if you are going to meet and become friends with somebody, that is basically a sales interaction mm-hmm. where you're, this is who I am. This is who we are. This is the cost of knowing me. This is the benefit of knowing me. And you want to make sure the costs of, of, of knowing you are less than the benefits of knowing you. And that that's a win-win interaction exactly. so um yeah definitely i mean this it it, it is even everything literally in life when it comes to humans that there's two humans as sales and marketing yes. friendship being one of them yeah which brings me to the um so we talked about you know assuming people like you obviously you got to put yourself in a scenario where you can interact with somebody otherwise you know how do you initiate a, a potential friendship for the future but they talked about in the third one keep showing up and this mere exposure effect and how people tend to like things that um you're more familiar like the more you see them the more familiar i it made me think of two things kevin one was we've talked a lot about anxiety and stress or pain and all these things and like this sense of um, safety, like how, how safe do you feel? And I think about the more you're exposed to people, the less you feel on guard, the less you feel like you have to protect yourself from that person and you open up a little bit more, it kind of drives a little bit of more openness and engagement. And so you can be more liked the more they get to trust you and be around you. But it made me um, think about the marketing thing too. Immediately, I actually wrote these notes before you even brought up the marketing but they always say like there's a certain number of times that people need to see before they're willing to buy and it makes me think of the same thing from whatever is a friendship or a purchase and same kind of psychology um i feel like when it comes to you know uh just being around in that exposure so any thoughts yeah and they had a really interesting example in this of the actual research when they put people mm-hmm. in a college classroom and they they literally assigned people to sit in this college classroom, do nothing, like not interact, not mm-hmm. say anything. And then they um, at the end, they had the college students who were the, being studied because everything's done on college students yeah. say, well, do, who do you like out of these pictures? And um, universally, it was the person who was there more frequently, who was yeah. basically just a you know, wasn't an actual person in this class. It was just, <laughs> I guess, paid to go and sit in the class for an entire semester. Yeah. So in that, that, that frequency thing becomes, um, and you, it made, you know, again, going about to like a sales and marketing, 
uh, it's brand advertising, right? You see it over and over again. And there's this, this principle, which I can't remember the actual term of it's ease of recall. Yeah. So like when people ask you something and, um, and it, whatever, you, whatever comes back frequently to your mind, you typically think that it's more frequent. It's often can either be more prominent. And so if you can remember this person because you've seen them and the first thing that comes to your mind, they're going to usually remember them in a more favorable manner. Right. Uh, so what is that? So what was the takeaway there is you need to be in a place where people are going to see you frequently. Like yeah. if you go into a, in a situation one time, you need to figure out a way to start to duplicate that or get in an, in an environment where you are seeing the same people in a frequent manner. Right. So they, um, well, one comment about uh, just the exposure effect, uh, don't, don't be surprised when you, when it comes to, you know, politics and you see those signs out and you see them more frequently <laughs> that they're trying to influence you. <laughs> Oh yeah. It's all, I mean, it's all about influence. It's influence. Um, and, and the other thing was um, they, she talked about how sometimes if you want to find an event, like if you want to take the initiation to try to create the potential friendships to find things like maybe a class or something that requires repetitive, you know, events versus like one big event. And if you do go one big event and you feel like you've connected to, to basically get contact information if it seems like you've really hit it off with that person and and can meet up for coffee or something along those lines um so being very intentional you know not creepy but like you know if you feel like you're really connected and and you both are interested in maybe talking further and getting to know each other or do some other event together or um have similar interests then that might be the person you can you know see if you'd like to get together again so and and that makes i'm just going to interrupt you because this is so i'm trying to like actual takeaways like Mm -hmm. something that you can apply now so let's say how many friends is an attending physician right yeah and um again because i always will relate it back to me because i'm always talking about myself (laughs) hobbies loss of hobbies right so if you have interests like you said yeah. And you're a physician, you have interests outside of medicine. Yeah. This is a perfect opportunity to go into a class, into a meetup group, or something where people are doing this over and over again. Or maybe it's a community college class, maybe it is, you know, something else. And then the, the advantage there is now you got frequency. And the second thing, it's something that you're interested or you think you're going to be interested in. And you're going to now be in, um, in proximity of a number of individuals who have already self-selected to be interested in the same thing. Right. So win, 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 win uh, on that one. Yeah. And it's interesting too, that that sense of account, you get more excited about something you've maybe, you know, let sink by the wayside. Like there's just some, you're going to probably be a little more accountable to meeting up too, or, or just following through versus like, Oh, I've got the kids. I got, you know, the spouse, whatever, you might have more interest in like carving out like an hour a week or something. Um, when you get excited about something, especially if you feel like you're burned out in medicine. Well, and, and one of the other things I think about, like, so if you say you're signing up for a class, maybe you find something, you do a meetup or I haven't done this in so long. I can't even know what what the websites are anymore. (laughs) But um, like my experience when I was going to a lot of events and I was um, when I was doing my like entrepreneur stuff is because I was alone and you would tend to go to these events. Most of the time, other people were attending as alone. So you didn't uh, you didn't have to kind of the connections hadn't been made yet. And it made it made I always thought about like in school. Because again, school being a primary pace, what we've made 
friends because there's this connection there's this you know the seeing people frequently uh, uh you know opportunity to be vulnerable blah 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 all, all this other stuff but the um the thing with that being is when you're starting a new school year you're put into situations oftentimes maybe it's a new class where everybody is sort of new to this new environment when you have everyone in a new environment all of those defensive mechanisms are down yeah. And so again, it provides a great opportunity to kind of for everybody to feel vulnerable and then to be, be willing to connect. Um, so I like, I, I just like, I'm already planning like, oh yeah, this is a great way. Just going to identify these meetups or whatever. And who yeah. Knows? Yeah. Cause you, you're all craving to feel comfortable again. And so you're going to naturally start connecting um, a little more easier than if you brought your spouse and you just start in your little click. Or if you're an introvert, right? So yeah. I'm I'm more on the in, introverted side than the extroverted side, and there, that's always been an issue for me. If there's a group of people that are talking to me to walk up to them, I mean I've I've, I've done it, and actually I've had some. I'm trying to think of some events where I've done that. It actually worked out kind of well, but it's still very uncomfortable for me. Versus people who are an extrovert, and then probably don't have to listen to this episode at all. <laughs> just like, <laughs> like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> it's so easy to make friends. I just walk into a new room and I got 20 new friends. Yeah. Well, but they're already, <laughs> yeah, they're applying the principles like subconscious. They're not even like intention. They've, they're already naturally doing it a lot yeah. of times. Um, yeah. But, uh, and also if you put money down towards a class or something like that, there is an accountability, even if you're uncomfortable, but like, you know, depending on how much money you have, it may not, maybe a drop in a bucket for you. I don't know. But like, if you invest in a little bit of money, a little bit of money into something, you're most likely going to show up when you're a little feeling awkward. And you just kind of like, you know, work, move through it, which one of the videos you sent me too about, you know, making friends and, and whatnot. I, I found that interesting, too. It's just the only way dealing with the anxiety is you got to kind of like, just work through that and just feel it and just you know, you only get better and more confident the more you just kind of accept the uncomfortable a little bit. But, um, and then the last thing was uh, get vulnerable. And of course, I always think Brene Brown, <laughs> be vulnerable. Um, go, go ahead. You had something. And, and that can be a scary word. Mm-hmm. But I think more of the intention behind vulnerability is to basically demonstrate that you're human and not that you have imperfections, right? Don't, be afraid to demonstrate your imperfections or say you're having a difficult time or that you're struggling with something. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. And, and, and that's almost the exact opposite of what we would, the, we would want to do in a right. situation where you're feeling threatened, tenderly want to put up the walls. We want to pretend that we're invulnerable, that we are like, you know, we're totally awesome. In which case you're going to turn off, you're going to present as very arrogant. Yeah. And um, and counterintuitively presenting that vulnerability allows the people to then connect with you to help you. And when you, when, did we, well, we didn't talk about this on the podcast episode, I don't think, but the, the Benjamin, the Franklin effect, the Benjamin Franklin effect, where you, um, where, where his technique was when he had, and he was using this with his political enemies, but it's the same thing in any situation where someone who has done you a favor is more likely to repeat a favor and become and to view you more positively in the future yeah. than someone you have done a, a necessarily a favor for. So right. if you're vulnerable, it has an opportunity for them to then to do something for you. And by now presenting, you know, like helping you out, being kind to you, maybe giving you some, some advice 
they've already started that process of I've done something nice for this person. Cognitive consistency is going to say, I must like this person because I only do nice things for people I like. So um, yeah, vulnerability. I mean, it sounds, I'm not trying to sound horrible. Like we're trying to manipulate all this stuff, but there's a reason why vulnerability works in yeah. uh, helps in building fan friend. And think about that. If you have a friend that has no problems, is that really someone you've connected with? <laughs> like seriously like your best friends have usually gone through very difficult times together where you talk to each other about very difficult things that they've leaned on you and leaned on them yeah in a way sharing is caring and it creates connection i I kind of feel that kind of all ties together like if you're just trying to do like a power play and keep people oppressed or down below you and like create this separation then, you know, not sharing and not being vulnerable, then, I mean, that's more of a power play versus, I have to say, like, I, I think in my past, I've been very, um, uh, and it's probably a lot to do with, you know, upbringing and and perception and all these different things, but you, you want to, some of us may feel like we want to be very independent and we don't need anybody and we don't share anything because we don't want people to, you know, feel like, you're needy or that you're not strong enough and all of that. I, I can say that there is an element of me that I've, I've kind of exude that kind of like, I don't, I don't need anybody's help. And, um, and that spills over in, in different, in different ways and different parts of your life. And I've recognized that that's created um, um, a barrier probably for really connecting with people because, and it's something my husband's been my mirror He's been that person that's helped reflect that back to me and realize that I create a distance with people and it makes it really hard to have truly close, great friendships when people don't understand you because you don't offer any part of you. And um, you're like that person over there, up there or something like that. And the funny thing is, I think I can speak for myself. That's not what I was intending. That that wasn't my intention by that kind of behavior. It was very, you know, I, I wasn't intentionally doing it. <laughs> but now I realize the impact it can have and um, minimize the friendships that I could have. So um, it's really hard to change that. And mm-hmm. as a as a physician, I think that be- becomes even more. It became more ingrained. Because you in residency training, I don't think it helped you <laughs> if you already had. Well, that and I and I think that's the difference, right? So when in and we're talking about making friends versus how to act in medicine, right? Yeah. Because those are very different principles. I would not go out and recommend, particularly a new attending or even a resident, to go out and be vulnerable. Those are not the places that you're supposed to be making your friends. You can be professional. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and because in those encounters, when you're like, well, I don't really know what to do. Um, y- there's a good chance you're going to get eaten alive in, in a professional situation. And there's a reason for that, because in a crisis situation, people are going to look for somebody who is confident. Yeah. And if you're not projecting confident in those particular scenarios, they're going to not necessarily appreciate your knowledge and leadership. Right. Which then I, I guess that kind of now I'm, I'm like wow yeah okay so this, so to be making friends as an attending you have to then put yourself in the situation where you don't need to assume that role so it 
you know, I'm, I'm like, get out of the professional interactions. Like, don't, don't, you know, get, be nice and friendly and et cetera at the hospital, but make your friends elsewhere in a, in, in a way where you can have some degree of vulnerability. Cause just like you're saying, it's like, I, and I'm particularly thinking like women physicians who have um, already have some significant barriers in hospital systems. Um, or like, how could you, how could you incorporate this where you like you? Because if you are completely standoffish and they you use the ice queen and then they can just tear you up, same behaviors that a man does, a woman, a woman does the same behaviors and they're called really awful things. Awful names. Um, and, <laughs> all, and, and, and nurses go after, I mean, it, and it is, it is shocking. So the dynamics. Yeah. So don't yeah. do your physician skills outside when you're trying to make friends, but don't necessarily be super vulnerable when you're in your professional environment. Sorry. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to say I've, you have to be very selective. And a lot of times it takes years to really know which colleagues out there can be trusted and have integrity and that you want to get to know from a friendship standpoint, I think being selective and careful. Um, I don't know what you think about that, but, you know, I would say that there's a very, a very small handful of all the physician colleagues, I would say that are friend, like close friends. Well, and I would, that makes, we're talking specifically about physicians. What I would be really kind of curious, I'm not aware that there's any literature on this is um, not necessarily burnout, but physician satisfaction and the number of, of, of close relationships within medicine as compared to outside of medicine. Yeah. Cause it seems to me having more and more friends outside of medicine where you're not in those dynamics may mm -hmm. actually be more healthy yes. <laughs> than not. Um, and I, I, I'm most of my friends like through after, well, obviously medical school or medical people and residency or residency friends, Navy friends were people I practice with. Um, when we moved here, the first people that you meet are generally your colleagues. And so I, I don't have that circle of people outside of, but so I'd be really kind of curious though, because I think it provides a given perspective. It's um, in many ways, a safer environment. You have opportunities to be vulnerable. You have opportunities to interact with other people, expand your interests. So I would recommend, again, we don't have literature on this, that yeah. if you are a physician, stretch beyond healthcare for other friendships, not ignoring your colleagues, but I would definitely kind of no. grow your network away from just healthcare. Yeah, I'll have to just a little comment. I feel like the few that I have as friends within the medical field have spawned from a recognition of very similar values on how you care for patients. And I think it reflects a lot about their character and who they are and the kind of people they are. Um, not that I'm a, an expert, <laughs> but I would say that those have someone who's a very strong patient advocate and very caring and wants to do the right thing and willing to stand up for the patient, uh, I have a lot of respect for that. And so I think that's where it's easier for me to um, allow that kind of friendship. That's my, uh, I guess, defense. Well, um, and I would agree. I, I would agree with that. And then maybe there's the opportunity to be vulnerable there by supporting your colleagues yeah, who are yeah. doing what you want to do or that you believe is the right thing to do. Yeah. And then supporting them when they have doing the right thing and perhaps they're getting pushback. Yeah. Um, that's a, you're being vulnerable there for sure. And I yeah. guarantee you're going to um, develop a friend. If you both have similar patient care values, you know, yeah. stick up for your colleagues and yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, we've worked really hard and sacrificed a lot of our lives to, to get there and, and yeah. 
you want to be supportive for the right reasons. It's kind of like just for like any cause, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and we're speaking about how to make friends as an adult. You might find a, a, a mutual cause that's about helping people in third world countries and providing free care, or, you know, there's, they might happen to be in the medical field, but you just have a real strong mission and, and very driven, some heart driven missions that, um, really bond you a lot, or you go outside of medicine. And like Kevin's saying, there's a lot of benefits to having people that expand your mind outside of medicine, since we're so narrow focused for so long, that you find an an event or some kind of opportunity of something you love, or you'd like to explore. And in the process, you can do these things to help create friendships outside of medicine. So um, any other thoughts on this? Kevin, as far as these four things to do or uh, expanding on any of it? Well, it, just, it, it, it makes me interested because like in many ways attracts like, you know, and, um, and, and the one, I'll say the one challenge of going outside of medicine for friendship is people don't ever understand what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and, um, and that makes it difficult. You feel, I mean, the more you know about something in many ways, the more isolating it can be. Yes. Uh, because people, yeah, I mean, people say, say things and sometimes you're, you're like, ah, you know, I'm not, I, I wish I want to, I don't know. It, it becomes very, very challenging. Um, but I think one of the things like, so me and you, right. So we, we, the, the, these keys and that this particular article didn't they kind of talked about them, but they didn't summarize them keys to friendship being proximity, frequency of interaction and uh, opportunities for, to, for expressions of vulnerability. Right. Right. So over the years we have, we don't live in the same geographic area. Right. We have, so not necessarily geographic proximity, but we have internet proximity. And I think we've talked about that before Yeah, is people poo poo and say all this horrible stuff about social media or about the internet, the opportunity to have interactions. This is like almost we're in the same room right? that are basically proximate. Right. So it's not because we are directly interacting with each other. Um, frequency. Oh my God. We've had a lot of frequency. I mean, this is what episode 200 something. Yeah. Come on, like we've met not like, even including this, the Saturday salutation. So it's been many, 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 and then yeah. expressions of vulnerability. Weekly, almost. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but so doing that over and over again, and then we have shared experience. We're both pain trained. We don't do the interventions anymore. Yeah. Um, from from a, a physician standpoint, so this is going to be my, if you are feeling isolated and alone, and if you have resonated with Melissa and I and in the things that we're talking about, feel free to reach out to us. And I mean, way back when we used to do, we when we first started podcasting, we did a couple little internet gatherings. We've talked about doing things before, but um, part of this is, is finding your tribe. And if you, if you care about your patients, you're paired about doing the right thing rather than the profitable thing, you're interested in more than just money um, and doing more and more and more. And like, how can I see 65 patients in two minutes so that I can maximize billing revenue and schedule, uh, you know, this stuff. Um, you know, again, you can email me, Dr. Kevin at the, uh, the change You can, you know, join the community at, at the change and sign up for the email newsletter, which we, I need to be writing more of, sorry, folks. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, you know, part of this is, in, is, is the more we can develop in a community about things that are important to us, the more we can support each other and we can develop that proximity frequency and opportunities for vulnerability in a safe environment where we can all be vulnerable together and share experiences. 
Well said. I think we should just go out on that. All right. Well, you want to take us out? I will take us out. Well, thank you all for joining the Change Physician Podcast with my friend, my, <laughs> who, who I see all the time and I'm often very vulnerable with, Dr. <laughs> Melissa Katie. Uh, I am Dr. Kevin Kukaro, and as always, stay well, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us today on the Change Physician Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.